Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Thank you for joining us today. This is Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT. I'm here with my partner, Rich Barron. I'm Michael Bailey. We've got an exciting topic for you today. Whoever you are, wherever you are in this wide world, whether it's in Poland, Shanghai, Germany, somewhere in the United States, many, many places in the United States, uh, Great Britain, you know, wherever you are, Spain, uh, Australia, New Zealand, wherever you may be, welcome. We're ready to take this on. We trust that you are ready to take this on as well. And let's go to this journey that we have today. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership and strategic thinking and how leaders must be the one in the place, setting the tone, setting the model, setting the example day after day consistently of optimism as we deal with and work through these tough times that we have in the economy and keeping your business afloat. Yes, that uh, optimism, uh, I'm telling you, all you can deliver is negativity and doubt and worries and fear and skepticism. And at some point, maybe even cynicism that will sink your own ship. That's what we'll be talking about. So that's the context. Rich, let's start here. What is it you want to tell us before we get into the PowerPoint presentation? This is one of the things that uh, the second series that we're doing, Michael, and it's about the top challenges facing leaders today and really keeping the business afloat. You can break that out in a lot of different areas. But after after uh, the pandemic hit, February 2020, February, March 2020, everything changed. Landscape changed. Business changed. The way employees view their employers changed. Um, it's 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 a it's a very important thing that we need to talk about in this these series that we're gonna we're gonna break this down, the top challenges. The second one of the top is really this keeping your business afloat and how do you do that? So let's 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 look at some statistics. Let's break this down. Let's do it. Okay. Top challenges facing leaders today. Challenge number two: keeping the business afloat. Yes. All right. This is now given to us. Again, it's based on Corn Ferry Institute coming out of Forbes. That's what we're looking at here. Let's start with these startling facts on keeping your business afloat. Go. Yes. Interesting stuff. Uh, first one. Everybody is, is concerned about cash. Now, cash is king, right? In your business. 
really when it comes down to it, you know, we, we live and, and die by the revenue that's coming in and how we, we capitalize on that, that revenue, where we put it to. But if you're putting that money to someplace like uh, having to replace talent, replacing talent costs an average of 33% of the employee's annual salary. So if you're paying this guy 100K a year, let's just break that down. Think about this, $33,000 on average, and that's that's a national average to replace that employee. There you go. How much, how much money are you spending that you could be putting to other avenues in your organization? And if you start now multiplying that up, if you're looking at somebody that is in a director position or other C-level person, when you may be actually looking at what if it's five hundred thousand yeah. dollars and multiply that times five all of a sudden it becomes a significant amount of money that yeah. you're dealing with and so you got to be asking yourself you know is it really worth that or do i need to make some smarter investments in this individual to keep him here that would cost me a lot less than this huge turnover and starting all over again because it is a huge disruption. It's just not the financial part of it. There's a huge disruption emotionally for the teams and so on. So you know, let's watch the numbers here, you know, leaders. Let's watch the numbers to see how they work. Right. Here's here's another thing. Uh, leadership is at an, uh, turnover is at an all-time high. We know that. We've seen the statistics. Even with the great resignation, a good portion of that was senior leadership that were like, I- I'm out of here. You know, they saw the writing on the wall or it was uh, they couldn't. Uh, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen type thing. Yeah. But the cost to replace a senior leader in the organization can be as high as five hundred thousand dollars for a C-suite employee. Five hundred thousand dollars. How many good employees could you hire for that amount? How, how much talent could you add to your pool? or improvements in your business, or improvements in your products, or the list goes on. We, and then certainly the whole thing comes up now, well, what do I do about it instead? And that's why we're here talking to you folks week after week. This whole notion here of executive coaching, how does that really work? What's really going on? I'm telling you, uh, it's a fraction, a, a relatively small fraction when you take a look at $500,000 to invest in your key C-level people that just don't somehow get it, aren't connecting, aren't connecting with their team, sometimes even aren't connecting there in the C-suite. There's some things that that we know how to do to start bringing about a greater awareness of what's going on. What are they doing in terms of, you know, shooting themselves in the foot? What are they doing? They're just not addressing their own development needs as a coach. You know, we don't, we're going to focus on the strengths too, to help them feel more confident in what it is they're doing. That's essential. You know, if they don't have that belief and they've got great stuff that they're bringing to it, oftentimes these are great people. They just don't know how that all works and how it comes together. Be great in what you do. That does not necessarily mean that you will be great in leadership. And that's a whole other level. If we go to the level of, you know, well, just do it because I got my name on the door just because I can tell you to do it. That is the worst place to be. We got to take this up to some other levels where it really is building teams, building individuals, building your leader people, and uh, just making the whole culture better. Because if we're not there, then how are you going to keep the ship afloat? Can we just say that? <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Let's keep going. So here's, here's the other one. 
And this, uh, this comes from Harvard Business Review. This comes from Forbes. There's all sorts of articles out there that show this. And investing in leadership development for your employees is the best next step to ensuring that your employees are doing all they can do to promote your organization's success as much as you do, ensuring a return on investment and exponential growth. Now, here's the thing. It's proven that companies who invest in their employees' development, leadership development, educational development, outperform on the S&P by 35% of their, other, uh, their next closest competitors. That's right. And it has a rippling effect throughout the entire, the entire organization. If you let it, the culture will support the changes in that. That's why you can get anywhere from seven times to 20 times the return on investment. Yeah. That's why that works the way that it does. So it's not just, a, you know, we're going to put a, a, a patch on a leaky tire. It's like, let's get a whole, not only a whole new tire, yeah. but at some level, let's really rework the whole engine and the whole entire vehicle. That's right. what it really comes down to. So in some ways that can be a little bit scary, but it's interesting that once you get the alignment right for the individual and you get that alignment working for them, then move into the alignment, how they fit into the organization, how things really do start changing in very positive, dynamic, forward momentum, accelerating ways. You wouldn't think it would work that way, but that is the way that it actually does work, but it's done well. Moving on. So this is something, Michael, that, uh, you know, how do you do this? How do you keep your business afloat? And we're going to go over a couple different things on here. Think and act strategically. Vision. What, what, what's that all about? Uh, right now, what we're doing here is looking at vision. There's going to be several points that we go along through here. If there is not a clarity of your C-suite or the directors or senior project managers in terms of the vision, right there, you're going to start on the wrong direction because there's no agreement about it. And as we go through this, let's bring up the next point, mission, strategies, goals, and tactics. Let's just lay those out. Okay. It starts at a very basic point of the vision. What does this look like? What does this look like a year from now, two years from now, five, 10 years from now? And then being able to articulate that and put that into a mission of this is what we do. This is how we're, this is what we're all about. Then breaking it down into the strategies, the goals, and then the tactics that get into the everyday process of, you know, achieving, achieving the, the company objectives. If you take a look at that, let's say that you have, let's say you have 10 leaders operating in your C-suite. That may be a lot, but let's say there's 10, you know, these people that are 10 of them. If each of them are off just by 5%, and each time you go into your next level mission, they're off by another 5%. I'm not talking about 100% you know, off, just little increments. Right. And then you go to strategies. They're off by 5%. So we have 5% off plus 5% off plus 5% off. Goals, they can, go, you can get a little, you know, what is it exactly another 5%? The tactics, when you get down to how do we do this, we're at one, two, three, four, five, could like be like 25%. But another level, if you start looking at the compounding effect of it, you can be way off. Not just a little incremental off, but way off. If you're flying in a jet plane, let's say from LA to, 
to Los Angeles. And if you're off just by two or three, you know, per, you know, you know, increments off of that, you're going to end up two or three hundred miles off from your original place at your destination. But what if you're 25 percent off? You're not going to get anywhere near New York. And so this this whole thing of the mission, vision, strategy, goals and tactics, if they're really not resonating, if they're really not connecting to each one of those people in the C-suite and they in turn know how to communicate that down the line here. You can get all sorts of confusion. You can get all sorts of mix-ups and drama and power plays and just a lot of stuff happened that, that undermine your leadership, that undermine their belief in you as the leader, as this individual that can make these things happen. And they happen in such a way that you don't even notice them. It's just little doubts and little fears, miscommunications, people withholding information, people not asking questions, people not bringing forth the things that are the real, the critical questions that need to be answered. And they just seem like a whole bunch of little things, but it's not the little things. It's how they all add up together that take away a lot of the time, take a lot of away a lot of the energy, that take away a lot of the work that needs to be done. It's that whole thing like, well, just 33% of, you know, of a $500,000, you know, position that we have, well, that's only $165,000. Oh, well, I hadn't thought about it that way. I mean, that's a few bucks there, isn't it? And if it's more than that, if it's a higher level yeah. CEO, like you're talking about a half a million dollars there. See, it's all these little things that oftentimes CEOs don't have the time to really think through, specify, clarify, and then train their organizations on. They just don't have the time. There's an expectation that people will just get it, but people don't. People don't just get it. Some do, but most don't. That's well, and it's, it's, it's about communicating all this effectively. Communicating, training it, yes, locating it. If you just can't say it once or twice or three times and communicate it, yeah. it's a lot more than that, really. Stay engaged. It's got to become a, a, a part of everything your company does. Everything. Absolutely. You know, and here's the thing. You see the vision. Uh, you see the mission, the strategy, the goals, the tactics. Ask yourself, what truly is the purpose of doing this? Where's the why? What's your purpose? Why do you get out of bed in the morning? Why do you come to work? Why did you work for this organization? Why are you putting everything you have into what you do here? Ask yourself, why? Is it just for paycheck? Is it for the recognition? Is it for the perks? Or is it truly for something more about a belief in that organization and ask your team that yeah ask your team ask your team so, and here's just a little uh kind of picture of what you you talked about thinking that strategically you know the environment the organization all those things that go into that take those over and, and transfer those to that vision that mission that strategy those goals those tactics this is really an interesting graphic here, starting over on the left side. You got to know your industry leaders. You got to know your industry. You have to know the marketplace. You have to know your customers. These are like the essential things of the business organization of you as a leader. And then being able to move that into the products and services, the technology that you're going to use, creating the structured the systems and the people, and now start matching all that up, plus the resources of your finances here. So getting that all taken care of, that's not, see, we would say 
we would say as, as executive coaches, are you covering these areas? How well are you covering these areas? How well do you have your team on board in understanding, sharing the data, the information, the focus here, so that they're all working together? Do you sit down, discuss this? Is everybody on, on the same page? And not only are they on the same page, but also are they working in such a way to make sure these things are actually happening in the organization? Right. Now, when you take a look at that, <clears throat> to me, this, this graphic's a little bit off because it's a little bit like, you know, the barn door, you left the barn door out and, uh, and now the horse is out. How did the horse get out? Well, we left the barn door open. So what we're looking at is, is saying this, is that if all these things were in place, do they now really support think and strategically act according to your vision, your mission, your strategy, the goals and the tactics that you've got going on there. What you really need is to have more of a, a loop that these things on this side here, the vision, mission, et cetera, need to be actually in front of this first section here with the, with the industry, the marketplace and the customers. Yep. It needs to be a feedback loop that when you take this, when you start with your vision, mission, strategy, goals and so on, that's what you feed into this whole you know, the in, in, in environment of the organization. And then when they produce, that's what they then validate. They validate your vision, the mission, the strategy, the goals. All this is a validating cycle that then comes back to, yeah, that's what we do. So then we have that balanced scorecard or accountability in place that, yes, we are doing the things we said we, we said we can do, that we intended to do, that we planned out, that we executed on, and that we actually accomplished. It is that that is that place of the balanced scorecard and the accountability, but that can only exist if all of these things are actually in place and have been trained to then feed into all the other parts that you have that. That's why sometimes accountability gets to be very mushy, very confusing, because people really aren't clear about all these different points. And you, as the leader in your organization, you as a leader, CFO, COO, even CFO, if you're not, if you're not clear about these things, how do you hold people accountable in ways that are real, that are meaningful, that are motivating, but also there's a reality of, you know, the need, the urgency to really perform. Yeah. If you don't have that clarity, then what you get into is a lot of blaming, finger pointing, a lot of politics, a lot of drama, a lot of just useless nonsense. That's why this is so specific. It needs to be very specific. Otherwise, it gets mushy and it's just a bunch of noise. So this next part that uh, we want to get into, Michael, is real, kind of segues from, from what you were just talking about. Does your team truly believe in you? Um, you really can't get anything done without the people in your organization. Uh, and here's one of the problems, keeping your business afloat. Um, part of that issue is when we don't inventory our staff. Inventory your staff, inventory their talents. Who are they? What abilities do you already have in that organization? Instead of running out to spend more money on, on another employer, another headcount, which sometimes is necessary, but have you truly taken inventory of your staff, their skills, their talents, their energy, their time, their, their how did they truly believe in what the vision is that you're trying to portray to the company? That's, that's an important part. 
Huge, agreed. And once you find out what their talents or skills are, put that to work. Let them put their talents to work. Let them put their skills to work. Let them put that together for you as a leader, as the top of the organization. You need to be able to allow them, engage them, motivate them, and, and let them succeed along with the company with their, their own talents and skill sets. Agreed. Yeah. There's a difference here that you want to understand. And I think probably the leaders who have been working with people understand it. There, there's kind of these three silos that need to be connected. There's the fundamental, do they have the talent? And does this person bring the right kind of personality and talent and all that kind of stuff? There's that silo. Well, that's the talent is not in and of itself enough. That's what we talked a little bit about the growth mindset stuff. You got to get the talent moving. And then you got to move that, that talent into capacity, the capacity to work, the capacity, the capabilities to actually take the talent and do something with it. Oftentimes, what people assume or some employees assume because I have the talent, therefore I can assume or I can assume that I have the capacities, uh, the competencies to do this stuff. And that's not true. Their, their capacity and maybe quite low, while well, the talent may be quite high, but if it's quite low, you got a problem here. And that's where good leadership comes in, starts developing that, so that's that right. you can get to that third silo, which is the ability to produce. Exactly. And so if you don't understand that middle section that got the talent, but they're not producing, you got to take a look at what is their capacities? What is their level of their real competencies inside of that? And then work on that. That's where that that putting the talent to work, clear communications, and then that follow through, which is the next one you've got going here, is it's it's in that development of the talent within the, 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 the guardrails, you might say, the guardrails of the organization or the vision, the mission of that. That's what it's all got to work in. That's why that's why things don't go well. Sometimes we confuse these three silos and we think we're here when we really should be here. We think it's all there, but we're forgetting about this. It's, uh, it's, it's simple, but it takes somebody who's very mindful and aware about how to move the employee through that process. Right. And finally, we talked about this at the very beginning, invest in employee development. Yeah. Invest in their future. Nothing says more to an employee when you invest in their future, invest in their, their ability to become part of that pipeline for leadership. Why is that? See, that's it, companies look at that like a dollar investment kind of a thing. Yeah. That's how companies look at it. Employees don't look at it in terms of dollars. No, they don't. They, they look they at don't. it in terms of emotional investment in them. That's how they see it. They see it in as vote. You believe in me. You want something more from me. Therefore, you're going to take the time, the energy, the resources to invest in me. I'm not counting the cost as an employee. That would be good to be mindful of that. What I am looking at as an employee is I'm looking at I feel better. Yeah. I feel better for what I'm learning, what I'm able to do, the development of me as an employee, my development of me as a team member, as a leader. I feel better. And you know what I not only feel better about, I feel better about myself, but who else do I feel better about? The organization. And the leaders that leaders in that organization, they, they start to believe in you. And that's that's the whole question. Does your team believe in you? 
do you believe in them enough to invest in them yeah. but that they return that belief for what we call loyalty? Yeah. And here's something else, Michael, and I was reading on this. When you do what you what you just said, when you build uh, this investment in your employee and they, they, they have this emotional attachment out of the organization, this emotional attachment to what uh, the vision is, everything about that. They go home and they tell their family about this. They tell their partner about this, whoever that may be. They're investing in me. They're investing in our future, my future, which uh, impacts the family. One of the things that leaders need to understand is that leadership is a true, it's a special opportunity. It truly is because a lot of times you hold the future career of your employees in your hands. You truly do. If you take that and you you look at well, where, where are we at currently and you take their current abilities and you invest in that, what you're going to get is future performance. Right. There's your return on the investment. There's your return on There's the investment. And not only that, you just got not only in the employee to buy it, you got their family to buy it. You got their spouse to buy it. You got their friends to buy it. Anybody else who might want to become a, a, a team a member of your team to buy in. When you don't do that, what's the, what the flip side of that is you get the great resignation. There you go. Good point. Good so point. senior leaders must act. And I put this act capitals and cultural transformation. All of this about keeping your business afloat, being able to, to uh, keep the ball going. you got to become vulnerable, right? Yeah, just telling you. Yeah, don't be protecting yourself so much. And let's be honest here. If you really have confidence in yourself, if you really believe in yourself, if you feel comfortable in your own skin, you feel settled about who you are, what you're bringing to the table, what you're bringing to the business every day. If you really feel that, then you don't feel a need to protect yourself because you're open. You can answer the questions. You can deal with the problems. I understand there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of unknowns, but fundamentally it's that sense of, I know who I am. I know what it is I can do. I'm not arrived. I'm not perfect, but I know that I can take these things on. It's that sense of deep self-confidence, deep self-worth, deep self-esteem, deep self-determination uh, and reliance. That's that, that, that's all these things are very deeply embedded in the very best of leaders. So it's not an issue of vulnerable. It's just a matter of this is, hey, bring it on. Let me know what's going on. Ask me the hard questions. Let's deal with the tough challenges and being cool with that. Yeah. And here's, I put this down here just based on what you just said, Michael. Humility goes further than overconfidence. Confidence is an important part of being a leader. Being overconfident is disastrous. It's that overconfidence effect we, we've talked about in the past where you I can do this because I'm confident. I don't need your help. I've, I've got this. But when you're humble, when you open yourself up to those around you, uh, your environment around you, the people around you, that's going to go a lot further in the organization than that overconfidence effect. It really does because what it shows is you recognize that you don't know everything, that there, you've got a lot of things that, I mean, you, you're obviously in the position where you do know a lot of stuff, but you don't know everything. And that's a key thing here, because if you're open to learning, that role models and sets the tone for everybody else 
Are we all open to learn? Are we all open to grow? Are we all, you know, open to communications and learning from each other? So I could do one, uh, one of my clients today, and she said, you know, she had some, you know, some trepidations about one of the people that she, uh, she manages. She says, I know a lot of stuff. This individual, though, knows a lot of stuff also. I'm a little bit, you know, da, 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 da. And as we were working that through, she came to a very interesting place and she realized I can be confident about what it is that I can do and not or and I can learn from her. I said, that's brilliant. See, that's exactly what you want. You want people around you that are smarter and better at what they do because you don't have to know it all. You're just the one who's now the leader who's helping them grow and, you know, accomplish their, their objectives here. That's a great place to be. Because that's the essence of confidence. Because you're good at something doesn't take away from what it is I'm good at. It synergizes. It gives us the opportunity to create something even better. Right. Exactly. Next point, listen and act. You know, listen to those around you, then make the actions and take act actions. And, of course, that's in capital letters. So, and cultural transformation, right? Listen to the people around you. This is real quick. Here's something that just hit me. Just, you know, we make a big deal out of end cultural transformation, and there's some big deals out of it. Yeah. The other side of that whole thing is that as leaders change, as leaders grow, as development, that which is our business is to help leaders to change and grow and all those great things, bring forth their talents, get them to stop sabotaging themselves, doing silly, stupid stuff, and turn around those weaknesses. As that happens to the individuals, there's a natural evolution of the cultural transformation. It's a natural result. It's not this hard, difficult, hard, terrible thing they're doing. It's a natural growth process. Most people don't look at cultural transformation that way. But at heart, that is what it is. Right. Keep moving forward. Don't stand in one place. You know, I've heard the. if you make make a decision to move forward with it, don't stay in one place. Keep keep your team going in the right direction. And, of course, stay engaged. Stay on top of things. Stay there with them. Don't just pass the football and watch it run down the field. And then at the end, when they cross the finish line or the, the goal line, they say, Look what I did. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah I made that pass. <laughs> I caught that pass too. Yeah. <laughs> I made it and I caught it and I ran it. <laughs> yeah. One of those things. Yeah, one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> so here's your action steps, folks. If you like what you heard today and you got to get a hold of us, you know, let's talk. Let's, let's uh, sit down and let's debate this. Let's let's and let's get you on the way. Maybe debate's not quite the right word, but discuss this. Yeah. A conversation. Yep, absolutely. So go to executive leaders act There's a lot of ways to get a hold of us there. A lot of information about both of us, a lot of information about podcasts, a lot of things that are coming up. So and that's that website's evolving all the time. So go there and check it out. That's right. Get shout out today. Got a shout out today. Yeah. My friend. Terrassa. Terrassa. Barcelona. I saw that. I saw that. That's the first Tarassa. time I see that. Yeah. Maybe it's Terrassa. Terrassa. 
Barcelona. I don't know, but if you're listening, reach out and tell us how to pronounce that. Yeah. <laughs> the right way. We need, a, we need a little bit of help. Could you help us out a bit? Yeah. All righty, folks. Come to the end of another um, version of Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. And I hope you enjoyed it. And take care of each other. And we'll see you again another time. All the best. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.